and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Uh, ben and Marcel are both uh, here yet again. Thank you, gentlemen. As we are going to look back at a, um, I was going to say an iconic thing, and it wasn't really, was it, with the uh, lowered start of the downhill, making it a little tamer, uh, and then talking about the women's racing over in St. Anton. Uh, Marcel, why don't you go first? What were your highlights from a uh, wintry-looking wingen? Well, maybe the the slalom on <laughs> the slalom on the last day. That, that was quite interesting. Um, no, but seriously, I think you know it's tricky with the weather conditions and the snow conditions. Um, I thought the downhill and the super tube were all right, and the slalom was not good, um, unfortunately. But still, it's Wengen. Um, they still had the Hunchop in there. They still had you know Brooklyn S. Everything. What is it called? Karen S. Nowadays. Yeah. Um. So all all the classics. Basically, seeing, are seeing the world's so, best power plows. I, I gotta say, some people just don't get it right on on those like <laughs> sharp turns, and some people always get it right. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I've never done winging, but you, I guess you gotta watch the video and and see how other people are doing it because some are really missing the point there. <laughs> ben, what was your highlight? Um, probably the Marco Schwartz effort in the downhill uh coming into coming into sixth I, I just didn't see that coming from anywhere obviously he's probably with it being a shortened downhill is why he was so um high up the field without the kind of minute of tucking you have at the top normally uh, at Wengen um, but just he skied really well and I was you know he's close for a few splits and I was just expecting at some point that him to make a mistake and and drop back and he just kind of really really kept it well and and yeah i was really impressed with his skiing all around and starting from 31 that was really really impressive and they're making a lot of it on the on the commentary about kind of prepping for um the, the combined at the world champs because he's got a title defend to defend from a couple of years ago um but yeah with performances like that you'd be surprised if we don't see him in a few more a few more uh speed races throughout the season yeah, it was pretty cool, wasn't it? Yeah, that was his highlight in terms of his best performance of the of the uh, the three days of racing. <laughs> it was a sixth in the in the downhill, a seventh in the slalom. So maybe maybe Atomic have got a new downhill superstar. You know, get a set of Kilda's skis. Who knows? But he was one of the guys who was through the Kerenas. He was really good. Like he yeah he lost the least amount of time to kill. He was like quickest. He was quickest exiting, wasn't he? He was what his speed was. Yep, yeah, he stuck. He was one went for. The sort of shimmy turn before heading on in on the left footer, whereas quite a few of the other guys were going for the power plow. It's such a such a weird uh, thing that because it's it's only in the last few years we've really started seeing these extra kind of approaches, and uh, you know I don't know that the skis are any straighter than they were uh, in your in your day, Ed. But in it, my it is, day. It, but it, it is weird this new approach that's come in the last couple of years either just putting an extra turn in to try and give yourself some momentum or throwing in a power plow it's, yeah it's really weird what were the discussions when you were racing it was anyone saying i wonder if we threw an extra turn in it'd be quicker well because we used to team up with the with the yanks and so there was a lot of chat about you know speed wedges and uh, and all that sort of stuff but I, I do wonder whether the speed coming in is is higher maybe than it has been before because it was certainly way more pronounced than I can remember. You know, you do see a couple of like little shimmies and I think the, the shimmy sort of makes sense because you're, you know, just helping with a bit of build, you know, with a bit of rebound pressure on a two, 220 ski. But um, 
there were so many wedges. But honestly, that section through the Kernan S or the Brookley S, whichever whichever era of racing you're you're in, is it's so narrow. It's so narrow. It just really like the TV does not even go close to doing it justice because you're you're tucking into it at 60, 65, 70 miles an hour into it, and it's the width of a peace basher. And it's like honestly you can't see you can't see the exit so all you can see you're tucking in towards barriers and and netting and you've got to try and hope that once you start your turn you're going to have enough direction so you don't clip the barrier on your inside or then look like a mug and smash into the air fence on the other side um i mean it's getting to the point now where people are taking the end of the net almost as a panel the way they're coming out the back and I, I hope that the people setting up the nets and stuff have you know have that in mind when they're setting them up so they're not you know there's not any of that the cables or any of those things uh, <laughs> anywhere nearby or they're like fully protected from it because the, these guys they take such risks well you think of it off the hunch off as well like you your your whole idea about the a net doing the hunch off is to get as close as you possibly can to it so that when you land you're as far right as you need to be before you then <gasps> The, la the landing did not look friendly this year at all. Look. It just looks so soft and brown and all those kind of things. <laughs> it, yeah, I was just like, oh, God, um, this is not going to be fun. But like fair play to the to one to the organising crew for getting it in the state they could hold two races on. And, and then secondly, for the athletes for, for putting in the performances they did, because there's got to be a lot of kind of second guessing in there when you're used to skiing these tracks on bulletproof ice and then it being a lot more kind of fresh snow, a lot of salt and everything else in there trying to pack down all that new snow. It was, it was really impressive. And uh, I guess we haven't done too much on the results so far, but, you know, killed are just smashing everyone basically at the moment in the speed events. Go on, Marcel, what were you going to jump in on? I was actually just wanted to ask if you have a video of yourself skiing those kind of sections. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you laughing? You're laughing. Do you have some? uh well no yeah you do, you <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you do. someone will have it somewhere myself. i think i think we should have like an instagram poll of you of like saying yes or no if do you want to see ed drake's video from bangin yes or no that's it and then you have to do it you have to follow what the what the people you have to give the people what they want i've lost the uh i've lost the instagram logins i think to uh <laughs> um but wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be interesting if they would have like you know, some wooden pole on the sun on the Saturday on the race, just you know, at the end of the fence, just <laughs> a little surprise. Hello. Right, enough of that. Enough, enough of that. Um, yeah, Kilda dominated. He was exceptional all weekend. Uh, but Kilda took the win from Rojantin by just over a quarter of a second with uh Odomat in third. Uh Creek My fourth, Paris fifth ominously going quicker and quicker before Kitzbühel. Uh, and then the downhill killed her Odomat Casse or Casse. Uh, Casse was a second off. Uh, Odomat 0.88 off. Foyts was fifth. Schwarz was sixth. It was a masterclass from Kilda, especially in the downhill. But the guy at the moment does not seem to be able to put a foot wrong. Um, Marcel, do you think anybody is going to get, you know, is going to be able to, get close to him when i think uh, you know i think kidsville is a completely different layout it's a lot steeper a lot more technical but i mean he looked like he's on rails like literally <clears throat> if you looked at him skiing 
he generated so much power through all of the turns and he was very very good at the Kernan S. He was also very, very good coming into that, you know, narrow bit beforehand. And he was like a lot quicker than everyone else on top, hmm. um, which I thought was really interesting because you would think there's not that much in there, but obviously he found like a line that was very, very quick. Um, and then he just kept it going until the end. I think he's definitely the one to beat at the moment in the downhill and Super G. Um, but I think, you know, in Kitsville, there will be some other people, I think, who could be very strong. I mean, Foyce looked really good. Kasse looked very, very good in the downhill. Um, I think I said that in our group chat uh, when I saw him ski. He was, he, I think he was going bib number two or something. Yeah, um, early. And he, he looked really good. I think he had a podium recently as well. So he obviously is full of confidence. So you can see that in his skiing. And then I think, you know, Marco Schwartz actually in, in Kitzbühel, you never really know if he's like, you know, taking the balls in the, in his hands. I mean, he might be having a chance, actually. Not winning, but maybe on the podium. Well, stranger things have happened. I mean, it is very, you know, that Super G, depending on the conditions, it can be pretty tough. It's not the most technical of Super Gs, though. But um, obviously that doesn't ma necessarily matter because it's not a technical downhill really there either, is it? And he manages to put that sort of performance in. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. Ben, what do you think? Do you think anybody's going to get close to kill there? I mean, we've... We've been so used to seeing over the past few years, multiple, you know, in downhill, especially on the men's side, it's been wide open. There's always been two or three people to pick from. And we sort of now found ourselves with, you know, if we talk about the predictions league, if anybody's not picking Kilda, they've, you know, they've got a screw loose. Yeah, they're, they're picking Kilda or Odomat. And, you know, it's important to remember in the, in the Super G stand-ins, uh, Odomat's in front of Kilda still um, because he was, you know, it's only like 30 points or something, but you know, he has been dominating in, in the Super Gs. Uh, um, uh, it was only a couple of podcasts ago and we were saying it's not going to be long until Odomat gets a downhill win. Yeah. So I think provided Odomat can stay fresh enough with the, with the schedule, obviously doing the downhills, Super Gs and the GSs just takes that bit more out, bit more travel, bit more racing, a lot more training as well. You know, it might just be that as the season wears on, Kilda stays fresher in the speed events and and, and, and Odomat kind of made, as it drops away a bit by his standard, drops away a bit, maybe kind of has some thirds and fourths rather than seconds and firsts uh, in the speed events. But it's weird, with, you know, Creekmire, although he got the win the other week, doesn't look like he's quite at his best at the moment, like where you ex where you think he could win a, any race. Um and we've already said, you know, Foyts is gone, Myers gone, or Foyts is about to go, Myers gone, and, and Paris still doesn't look right. You know, we're, we're, we've now got a little while to see who the next kind of contenders are going to be. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see, and maybe World Champs is where someone puts their, you know, flag in the snow and says, right, I'm I'm the new, you know, be at Foyts for the next, you know, decade of of Swiss downhill. Well, Rosentown maybe, you know, he was the... Uh surprise podium performer let's say i think uh from the two speed events in kitzbühel uh, but the they had uh who was the other guy in the downhill the um uh, i think the swiss guy with the uh, cool name uh, alexis money uh from 37th came into into 10th uh born in in 2000 in the uh, in the downhill um you know he'd be one to keep an eye on in the uh, uh in the coming weeks i think he could uh stake stake a claim do you know what I think it's hard actually with Wengen to try and work out the form from from something like that because 
it's just this it, it, i think it's really difficult you know if it's kitzbühel or bormio or you know you kind of know what type of skier that's going to fit but whereas a, a vengen like the high speeds you know a lot of gliding but then some technical turns then the fitness even though if it was even though it was shortened like that zls you know the finish that finish s is is brutal even if you're only starting from the hunchoff so it's i think it's quite hard to try and decipher <clears throat> like people's form from that in terms of what they're going to produce moving forward. Yeah, you didn't see too many uh, kind of people almost pass out in the finish area the way you normally do uh, this year with that with that lowered start. But you're right, it's it's so long, Ben, and that it's kind of hard to, like you said, hard to take any form from it because inevitably someone's going to do something in there. And if you make the mistake in the wrong bit, it kind of ruins the entire run. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I mean, we've got, you know, got Kitsfield next weekend and that's always awesome. So hopefully the uh, snow's in a good enough condition and the weather clears a bit so that they can have a, a, a race where they can see roughly where they're going. Because it seems to be a theme at the moment that no one can see where they're going in most of these races. <laughs> We're sort of praying that'll for, isn't be, it, that'll be quite what? interesting. That would be quite interesting in Kitsfield if they don't know where they're going. <laughs> <laughs> Added danger. You could do it with the, your eyes shut, please. Uh, Marcel, you were looking at the forecast. What were, what were we expecting? I think it looks pretty snowy for the next week, um, which could be a bit of an issue, I guess, especially in Kitsville, where they always have to be slightly careful with, you know, it being too dangerous, I guess. So it will be probably the same kind of thing again, with where the slope is not going to be icy. It's going to be probably a bit, you know, on the softer side. Let's anyway. hope they had, let's hope they had a chance to you know get like the ground working nice. now. Yeah. Um, but you never really know, and I think they're exceptionally get, good though, aren't they, in getting that place ready? They are. They? I mean, you gotta you gotta say like Vengen, it's it's a long downhill. It it was it's quite remarkable, you know, to have it in the shape they did have it in. So well well played to them, or well played for them. But um, I guess you know we just have to we just have to get along with it this season it's been it's been super tricky for everyone well not for us because we watch it on the sofa at home but i guess for everybody <laughs> it's been tricky well, and it's, myself, it's, been it's hard all right it's hard watching when the yeah, camera can't pick have, up the I, races like, i literally uh... <laughs> i stick to my sofa and it's hard for me to get up that's the only issue i have just get the leg burn when you you know up and down so often to go to the fridge yeah. <laughs> yeah, crack yourself a cold one over and again and again and again. It's tough work, actually. Especially, especially in the morning. Everyone else having coffee and Marcel's talking about cracking out cold beer at nine o'clock in the morning. Tough retirement life, you know. Just <laughs> having you're, for, you're only retired from ski racing. You're retired from other work, Marcel. Yeah, you're retired from all all forms of activity. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I'm not going too much into that, but I definitely need to do some workouts. <laughs> um, According to my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Don't piss her off before the wedding. Um, yeah. <laughs> She's right next to me as well. <laughs> She's, She's just waving a bag of salad at you for dinner. No, she's she's rolling her eyes and not looking too impressed. <laughs> uh have you got anything to add about the speed races before we go to an eventful slalom yeah i actually do go on then um you know because you talked about money because that's actually a good name as well um born 2000 there's another guy 
Lechto Elian, which is nice to see that some Finnish skiers are back on the downhill circus as well. There was like obviously the guy called what was the guy called? Uh, Andreas Romar. Andreas Romar, exactly. And they've had not many speed races. And also, well, to be fair, they probably don't have the best speed resorts in Finland with it being like a couple of hills there. But good to see that. And yeah. Saw some different names there, didn't we? Yeah, different names in the the top groups. Always good. Um, Just a quick note, actually, before we do move off. um, Thoughts about Paris? Is that a resurgence? Is that a blip? Uh, What do you guys think? It didn't look great in the in the downhill, I didn't think still. Um, obviously, he's better, the better result with the two was, was the Super G. But to be honest, I'll take... slash downhill anyway, wasn't I, it, really? Yeah, I'll take anything I can get from him at the moment. It's been so disappointing and, and kind of heartbreaking to watch based on what we're used to seeing from him. So if he can find a little bit of something and, and has a good weekend in uh, in Kitzbühel, maybe we can start looking up towards the, the world champs and, and maybe can have like a... Uh, big goodbye, although he hasn't announced anything yet. But are you, are you writing so somebody far, else off already? Yeah, I mean, everyone else is retiring, so it's just like, oh, everyone else around me is 10 years younger. I might as well just call it a, call what it about, a day. What about Voigt? Can we, like, you know, just maybe appreciate Voigt for a second? Go for it. Are you gonna... I was I was gutted <laughs> for him. I was, I was yeah, I, was, I thought he'd put in a really good run on that. I, I thought it, maybe it would be enough if he could, if he he could hang on down the bottom. Quarter of a second he missed it, but didn't he? 24, 24 hundies or something. Yeah. Would have been this a nice way to sign off, wouldn't it? It was good to see his, like, his wife and kids and stuff there was 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 really sweet and, and those kind of things. And the noise, like we talked about it last Swiss week, the noise of the Swiss fans. Like there was some absolute monstrous noise when him and Odomat and uh, uh, Gino and, and and all those guys were racing this weekend. It was like a really, you know, they, they've really come out to make some noise the last couple of weeks. So... Uh, time for the Austrians. Time for the Austrians to make some noise. Marcel will just be there booing well, everyone. I think, I think they will, you know, because he has had some amazing races in Kidsville. But I, I gotta say, like it's fair play to to Foyt because you know, knowing in your head that you're gonna be retiring in two, three races time, and then pushing yourself really hard on those, well, basically two of the hardest downhills on the on the season. I think that's you know, heads up to him. Do you think <laughs> Do you think he's yeah. going to go out uh, in a, you know, sort of in what has become the new fashion of, of a crazy outfit? Or do you think he's going to go out trying to win? <laughs> no, I think he will try and win. Why I, hope, I hope he tries to win. Um, otherwise, just you may as well ski it to World Cup finals and do the, the weird goodbye thing then. Um, where you kind of stop on the way down and hug your coaches and, and, and whatever else. I mean, I, I, I get that it's a nice pick show. Up, but Pick up a T-shirt from Marcel. Well, it's all in printing yet. You got a goodbye, we love you, Foyt's t-shirt on the go. Is that part of your uh, yeah. merch? It's killed at killed and Schifrin, um <laughs> saying goodbye. Still in a heart, though, yeah? <laughs> yeah, in a heart. Just waving like goodbye to Foyt. Na- his name is right in there. Oh, God. I have so many good ideas, actually. I think, <laughs> I think, I think we should probably edit that sentence to you have so many ideas. Yeah, just yeah. Leave it at that. <laughs> good part is definitely questionable. <laughs> but did you see they were they were fired up again, those two? Oh like, yeah, I did, yeah. Lovely W. I think it's so beautiful. I mean they won. How many races did Shut they win? Shut up, Marcel. Will you give it a break, mate? <laughs> Made me kick something over in my hand. Give it a break. <laughs> I mean um, they won. They've won how many races together? Did you? Like, do you know how much they've won? Nearly a million Swiss francs in prize money this year. Between the yeah, they two can of them. go on a nice holiday. Maybe they can. Maybe we can join them. 
Yeah, mate, they could pay their PR machine a bit of money for all the lovey dub stuff. I mean, you've got Valentine's Day around the corner. Clinton can't. Who no, what is it? Hallmark can get in on the action. I mean, they have like 14 wins between them, so that's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I think Schifrin's close to half a million Swiss. And I think uh I think Kilda's like 370 or 380 or something. So Schifrin is at 480 and Kilda's at 350. There you go. By the end of the season, they will have made, but as a power couple, would made a million Swiss in prize money, not the rest of it, just in prize money from this. (laughs) I told I told I could probably one in uh Odomat to win a few more races. They can't afford to pay his bonus (laughs) the bonuses. (laughs) Cut down on these win bonuses a bit. I actually checked that the other the other day. And I think Schifrin won. Her, her most was 886,000 just in prize money. In a single season? In a single season. And then 700 in another season. You know, Ed, you've, Ed, you've got the atomic contact. Can you find out? I, if con- I thought if... you were about to say contract. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had, had those. <laughs> um, do, do you reckon or know if there is a bonus written into Schifrin's contract for? Beating Semmark if she overtakes him. Oh, well, there'll be I, like a you know what? I wouldn't surprise five, ten million pound like wouldn't bonus. Wouldn't surprise me if they did that early on because you know, like Atomic obviously spent. Um, I don't know this from fact, but through the through the grapevine, they spent a lot of money getting Bratton because they thought that he was the next big thing when he was quite young. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's some sort of crazy, like long, like long game contract um, bonuses. But Atomic, but, uh, oh. Atomic's, Atomic's payout at the moment it's got to be pretty big like Kilda Schifrin Bratton um like Bella Schwartz Bella Schwartz big hit you know they I know that head have been you know they've got their fair share of good athletes and uh Stokely obviously the, the other ones picking picking up a big bill but you know a lot of a lot athletes. of athlete, a lot of athletes they have like a, a stop on it well, so like they can't a, like, like a, they can't earn unlimited amounts of money. So they will be like capped at some stage, where they just you know a million or whatever, or probably maybe more. But but you know, uh, well, so in a single season, you know, you your win bonuses can be up to whatever. yeah. Like if they, I you know, for example, for Olympic gold medal, you will get maybe like two hundred grand or one hundred fifty grand or something from the ski company, and you would then like obviously would accumulate up to a certain range. And I don't know if that if that's but I I would assume that is a that is a thing because you know like otherwise it gets a bit out of hand because yeah, those well, ski I mean, brands, that's crippling that's crippling money. Isn't I it? mean those ski brands they do have they have money but they don't have like unlimited amounts of money. It's just as big of a market as it is, so you know they can't really afford. Maybe they even have a, and I don't know if that's a thing, but I guess it could also be that some of them have insurances if they have to pay too much. Yeah, you know the insurance covers it or something like that because otherwise like i mean they will be i mean ellie ash is going to start cutting super g's and uh giant slaloms anytime <laughs> anytime soon if uh if head starts picking up too many points but, um but yeah so i thought yeah so quite interesting the old money chat quite interesting good good words myself but on to well, it's, sl- like, never, it's, on. it's never really a big to be actually didn't never really talk about it much go on then but well, you know, like no but i think it's over the course of the last couple of seasons. Definitely, the prize money has raised as well. Like they have raised the prize money, especially yeah, for- yeah, from the from the organisers. The LOCs start to put in more money, um, which 
well, I think we touched a bit on a pod not too long ago. Like the fact that these guys are getting all that money is great, but I would like to see a bit more filter, a bit lower down. Yeah, I agree because those are the, the people who actually need the money. Yeah, I mean, do do you need to pick up sixty five thousand Swiss for a victory? Is like fifty thousand Swiss enough for a victory? And you know, you filter the rest of that down to the lower the lower performers or whatever. Or there's a pool that goes into like lowland nations and stuff, or you know, or, or single. Yeah, know. I mean, like if you, I think if you if you are thirtieth or something in a race, how much do you get? Like two hundred and fifty Swiss francs. I think it's up to a thousand now. Well, okay. oh, do you know what? I don't know that for sure. I'll double check. Well, because I'm just looking back. at someone and he's like, he had a 29th um, and he got like 500 Swiss francs, which is, oh, right. okay. you know, not not great, I guess. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's it's better than nothing, but that's not, you know, when the winner's picking up 65,000, if you're, you know, if you're, a, I don't know, the New Zealand ski team or the British ski team or, you know, where that money actually, you know. Makes a difference makes a difference but yeah interesting interesting uh, i know what i'd be saying if i was winning races like give me more give me more <laughs> yeah but then yeah killed and shifting like well we just want to go to another resort in the Fiji's next year you know so <laughs> okay. just want to buy another island just to gotta say they're well paid but I don't think they're paid enough to get an island <laughs> none of them oh, come off it shifrin's shifrin can afford an island I don't think she could. Well, it depends she, what kind of island, like a, a one, like a hundred square foot island, maybe, but not like a proper. She's won 80, 80 World Cup victories. Yeah, but like 80 World Cup victories. Well, she's definitely a millionaire properly, but. You, know. <laughs> you told me she nearly won 800,000 Swiss francs in a single season. Well, let's, let's say 80, 83 wins times like 55,000 on it. Yeah, call it 50,000 Swiss. What's that? That's four and a, four and a half million. Yeah, and just prize money. Yeah, and then like let's say double, double it, it with double it with uh, with your. <clears throat> so you have like nine million roughly. Yeah. Then you have to pay tax on it, so you have half of it. So you have four and a half million. I mean, I don't know. Like she will obviously have other endorsements as well, but I don't think she will be just at the stage where she can buy like a twenty million island. Uh, I reckon she's. I reckon she's not far off. I mean, she, maybe she could. Maybe she could, but I. I don't think there will be much left. I th- and if she's not got some of that money in in a in, in a better than a fifty percent taxation uh, account, then <laughs> I don't know where she actually bought her residency. Probably in Austria. It doesn't. Isn't there? Um, isn't there like a? Yeah, it's a twenty percent tax rate for athletes. Yeah, so that's why all the Norwegians move out of like ninety nine percent taxation rate. In they are getting they are getting ripped off where they are. That's for sure. Yeah, but that's why it's so nice. It's such a nice place to, to be. Yeah, you can have you have all the industry. You get everything up there. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. We're, side, we're getting sidetracked. Onto the slalom. Otherwise, we're never going to finish this. People are going to be 80 by the time that we finished. Shifrin would have got the record by the time they finished listening to this pod. Uh, onto the slalom, which was uh, interesting. We'll come on to that one shortly. Uh, Christofferson took the win uh, yet again. He's on absolute fire. Uh, on those Van Deers. Mayar, unfortunately for him, couldn't convert and walk away with a win on home snow. And Lucas Bratton back on another podium, half a second off his Norwegian teammate. Um, should, should we start with the course setting? Don't know. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? Did you think it was good or bad? Do you know what? I, I we were talking, Marcel and I were talking before you joined us, Ben. Um, 
I love I love the fact that they it was something different because so many times corsets are boring left right left right then a quick bit of a quicker left and a bit of a quicker right and then back in and, it, and it's just the same I like the fact that it was different and challenging and it threw something else into the mix I just think it was maybe the snow surface was too just didn't didn't work for the set that we saw from probably from both runs to be fair yeah i mean is that diplomatic just, enough yeah i'd say that I'd, I'd, the boards? I'd, I'd probably agree Ed. i think watching the first run um i thought the course was was fine it was it was difficult it was challenging we've said plenty of times we don't like easy course sets on world cup races but with the snow the way it's been this year if you actually want people to have a relatively even chance that you probably need to have a course with slightly less extreme turns so that people aren't throwing them sideways on the kind of backsides of, of rollers, which is what happened a couple of times on that course, which by the end of the, you know, 30 or however many, you know, obviously much more on the first run, it was just really, really cut up. And I, th I thought obviously the I guess elephant in the room is, is Dave's coach Tristan set in the first run. And I thought and there were a couple sections where I thought it just didn't quite get the rhythm right, where it was a challenge, but it kind of the rhythm almost broke down. I think the bit just before the finish didn't quite flow uh, as well as I'd want a, a kind of a, a World Cup finish to flow. But overall, I didn't I didn't look at it and go, that's not acceptable for a World Cup race. I just looked at it and went, that's probably not ideal for these conditions. And like you said, the second course was, I thought it was just as challenging. It just had slightly more flow in places. But by the time Christofferson, Mayard and Broughton were skiing, it, it, you know, the, the pitch looked like an absolute nightmare to try and navigate. It was just a case of get down this bit and make all of your speed everywhere else on the hill if you can. Marcel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? It's... I, I, I think I agree. It was just not the right, it probably not quite the right course set for the conditions. But on the other hand, it was it was quite entertaining. I mean, you never you never really see them struggling as they did, which I thought was quite funny, especially <laughs> down that steep pit. That steep pitch um, where, you know, the second, I think it was the second gate, the second right <laughs> where it was like a massive hole in it. Yeah. And they all like, <laughs> they were really struggling. Anyway, I think, Christofferson won and I'm I had to, it was funny to watch Broughton when Christofferson came to the finish area or came went into the finish he was gutted he was not happy at all I and this is just my observation I don't think they get along really well um and he was not impressed but Christofferson did show the young guns you know who's still the boss in town basically yeah. he's still I mean, yeah go on go Ben I was gonna say Broughton looked like he'd had a a blinder as well you know yeah he definitely it wasn't, thought he'd win. It, it wasn't like yeah he when he came down it wasn't like he thought oh he hasn't done enough and to be honest with you Ed, you said that like mayor couldn't couldn't convert the first run lead i thought he did well to, to hang on uh to where he was because what as much as i swoon over mayor skiing most of the time in conditions like that is definitely not where you think he's going to be able to mm. really lay one down as as balanced as he is you don't necessarily associate him with having the raw speed in conditions like that. He'll be able to navigate it, but the way both Christofferson and Bratton skied that second run, they were both trying to accelerate at every possible opportunity, no matter how kind of I cut mean, up you, it got. You got to say, like, Mayar's first run was 
really, really, really good. Oh, I mean, he looked like he looked like there was no problem at all. Christopherson, you know, you can just see the raw speed that he has and that I think the Fandierski have. But with Mayar, he just looked like he, he just he floats down, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he he really didn't look like he's trying, and he was just you know easy, bam, bam, doing his thing. I I loved watching his first run. I, I, mean, I loved the interviews at the bottom. I I loved overhearing Christopherson and Mayar talking about the uh, course set. What was he said? What did he say again, Marcel? What did he say? Well, he did say to him like, the, the, I think Mayar started to you know bash about the course, and he was like, well, don't do that. Like you're a great skier, it's no problem for you. Which I which I totally agree, and I think that was one of the things that Christopherson said, and he was like, between I think two thousand and twelve or something, and between two thousand twelve and two thousand eighteen, the course sets were very technical, way turnier than they are right now, and then they went back to like old ways before twenty twelve, when they had like really straight courses, and he was like, well, it's, well, you know, like it it doesn't really show who the best skier is, and I. I, I don't fully agree with his, you know, comment on that, but I tend to agree that the courses are definitely too straight sometimes. And it's just, slalom is, is shouldn't be boring to watch, and it is sometimes. Yeah, he really Sorry, got mad I, about it, didn't he, a couple of years ago in GS. Adel, it was Adelboden, wasn't it? He, he got really so mad that, that people were just, it was really being set up more for the guys with, with, with power and strength and who can hang on and, and just lay the most power down, which might have been those kind of seasons we saw killed a really uh, challenging in, in, in GS because he has more power than anyone. But I agree, Marcel, like you, you want there to be a chat. You want these guys to be challenged by both the conditions. I think it's and nice the, to and have the yeah. Like you, right, see, so you want to have, you don't want to have just straight down. Like, and no, of course not. Like, you you want to have like, you want to have one run, like Tristan's first run. That is, well, maybe not, not quite appropriate for, for the, the conditions, but just really challenging. And you know the next run, it can be like but, super but it, straight in cars, and then you have a proper turn where everyone is struggling. That's what I want to see. I just but it was, to... but, but Tristan, you know, that's part of part of the coach's job is to set your athletes, and Tristan showed that in um, in Garmisch when Dave picked up the, his other podium when he yeah. set a he set that really really turny course, and it paid off. And they, you know, that's part and parcel of the game is that your coaches get to set if you're in that top group so it's all you know it's all good it's all gravy you know that's part and parcel of the thing yeah. but do you know that that course the first run was four seconds slower than the first run of a year of the year before and it was 10 seconds slower than the second run a year uh the year previous so well, that's crazy it, the, the slope doesn't change so it's like yeah which i think is mental Just it would be 10, interesting 10 to seconds. see that course I'd, I'd like to see those two courses Obviously, we won't see them again, but just see them on a normal, like proper year of, like of just like yeah. Piece, if yeah. it was if it was like a like a fully injected bulletproof piece, I'd like to see what those times would have come out as then because it would have cut up, but nowhere near the way it, it, it did. I reckon you could probably yeah, get reckon, a couple seconds quicker, easy. Yeah, probably on like on, on normal World Cup conditions. Yeah, um, um, but I've noticed with Tristan when he sets, I, the some of the guys who like let their ski shine, 
they hate his combinations because he sets them at the absolute what must be the absolute minimum distance because the amount of people that look like super tri- upset as well that, that look like they're tripping over in the middle of them and, and catching their clips on them so many people seem to do it i'm like guys you must know this is coming do you not <laughs> do, do you? drills all week about moving your feet really fast because <laughs> oh, you know they're not inside the limit otherwise the, the you know the tds and people are it was like up on it it was like the last verticality that did it for me. You could literally see like people, <laughs> the inside ski just dragging it along. So they didn't like they didn't straddle. It was so uh, funny. Yeah, we had a, I got a couple of quotes. Um, Lena Strasser said that the, the set was very very difficult. The snow gives nothing, so it won't the court, it won't be one on the first run. It'll be one on the second. Fella said uh, this course setting and the state of the piece for me with number seven will be very tough combination. Of people are watching are going to think, what is this? <laughs> uh, Thomas Sikora, who's the guy that does the camera run, you know, former former World Cup winner, <laughs> said, "Too slow. I've never skied such a tight slalom, and at the end, take that little speed to the finish line." <laughs> but you um, know, to be fair, like he, when he was skiing, like they had like the you know the straight skiing like two meters for, like two meter long skis, so that was like straight down. <laughs> So he is not, he's not the one to, to jump. <laughs> Fella did also say, so get some popcorn and a beer. So you must have been listening, Marcel, getting a cold run in to watch the skiing. Uh, he did, at, well, least, at least Fella did say, you know, it'll, it'll be fun to watch. And it, and it was, like, for all of the, the moaning. very far, that's the problem. No, the, for all of the moaning, I thought it was still fun to watch. I thought it was a good race. And, you know, it still came down to the last person. And, and that's what you want to see. I think you, when you said you were chatting earlier, did, did you hear... The, over here, the, the Braton in the finish area, when he was talking to, to someone, he said something sounded like he was. I wanted to get my beeper ready. No, he just said so. Well, he was definitely Marcel's swearing. beeper, even. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's patented for Marcel. Um, but he was, but he basically said this isn't. It sounded like he said push country skiing because he'd had to pull so much. <laughs> but I might, I might have misheard. But that's what I heard when he like when he was in the finish area. <laughs> I was just yeah, but do you think like you know the best guys won again? Like the ones that. Yeah, true. It's very true. And, and, you know, and it's another like skill it's, set. It's another skill set. It's another test. And um, there's not, there was not really any surprise in that slalom. Like if you look at the result, then I'm just opening up again because I, I'm like have dementia. Yeah, but... Jakobsen DNF. That's a surprise, isn't it? What? Oh my god, he is having such a shocker again. It's ridiculous. So uh, it's so it's so unfortunate because he he's so fast. <laughs> he made the first run as well, and I was like, okay, this is fine. Like he will, he will sort himself out, and then uh, again. Oh, him and uh, him and old Strolzy not having their best at times, are they converting speed? Well, Strolzy was all right, I guess. Yeah, but you converting know, their speed into like where they should be, I think. I do like Sten Olsen. He's he's so tiny as well. I mean, he yeah. needs to grow into into his into his body yet. But I think he was he was doing really well. I've got a couple of, a couple of questions for you guys. First, I've got another another stat for you. Just stat man in this one. Um, since the Olympic Games. All slaloms have been won by Norwegians, except for Daniel Yule and Madonna. Okay. Well, is that a, is that a question or is that like... No, that's a stat. Comment. It's a stat. Oh. Right? State some sort. <laughs> my, my question, got two questions. It, do, a lo- we've seen vast majority of this season anyway, and obviously the springtime post-Olympics last year, being on salt because the snow's been warm and it's been wet. We haven't had cold conditions. 
are the Norwegians the only people that are training on salted snow or are the other teams doing it but can't get the grip of it or, or are the Norwegians, you know, they got to Fona Glacier at the end of the season and they train, that's what they say, they, took, they train for days and days on salt. Is nobody else doing that? Um, I, d- I don't know what anyone else's training regimen is, but they do seem the most comfortable on on that style of snow. Or on, I think they're probably the most well-rounded in terms of they seem to be able to get a result on on any kind. So when it's icy, if you said Christopherson or Bratton or or you know any one of those guys would will win the race, you wouldn't be surprised to to say it. I guess the, the bigger question is for the likes of kind of Strasser and Noel and I mean Schwartz is coming back from injury and and Feller and those guys is like why are they struggling so much to get to the top step on, on these kind of different conditions? Cause they're all good races and they'd all be people that get picked fairly regularly. Um, so it, it is a bit of a weird, one. it'd be interesting to see if when all the fresh snow comes in, cause sometimes you have that, that kind of uh, spring conditions without the salt as much where it's just cold, but new snow uh, runs very differently to the ice pack, which I guess was what we're probably going to have for the next couple of weeks while it's chucking down with snow. So it'll be, it'll be an interesting one to see who comes out on, on top in those next couple of weeks. Like people like Noel look like they're finding a bit of speed, but you're just never quite sure when the next straddle is coming from. Uh, Tommaso Sala, is he going to end up with a podium at, at all soon? He looks pretty pretty rapido, no? Marcel shaking your head? No, I don't think so. I think he's skiing well, no? He's skiing well, but I don't... <clears throat> he's one of those skiers that, you know, he might he might be getting a podium but i think he's not generating enough speed to to go on the podium he's great like his technique is you know lovely and like everything is good but from what from what he has shown so far is like he's quick but he's not quick enough for the podium and he can't accelerate like others can like christopherson or broaden or you know academic growth it could it'd be one of those ones possibly where he could get a podium but it would more be because the last I think couple people icy, mess up but- when it's really icy, I think he has the best chance to be on a podium because I think his technique looks like Georgia Rockers. Mm. He's got great technique. And I think, yeah, he has great technique, of course. But I think he might be better suited to something like really icy where everyone, you know, is struggling with the grip and stuff. And I don't think he would have problems with his grip. So the way races are going at the moment, it's either going to be someone who starts number one, two or three on the first run or one, two and three on the second run. <laughs> that's, probably what it's gonna, that's probably what the next uh, yeah, well, three weeks will look like. Let's hope, let's hope not. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure at some point, thanks to uh, my wife, I'm going to call him tomato salad because that is all. When we're watching skiing, that's what she calls him. She calls him tomato salad and uh, Brianoni, Brigatoni. And uh, that is definitely going to end up being sneaking into my country. So apologies <laughs> if I'm talking about tomato salad anytime soon. So just Italian races sound like food is what we're going with. Uh, Basically, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, but we should we should crack on to the rest of it. Uh, Dave, riding uh, quickly before we move on. Um, still 100% not loving these conditions. Uh, you basically, we just need to find some ice anywhere. Yeah, agreed. Like the, the agreed, first agreed. run was was pretty much what you expect from Davey. Kind of held that that position in and around where, where he started that kind of fourteen mark. And on the second run, I think I think he said it before. He just can't feel what's happening on that snow, yeah. and it just it just shows the some of the people around him that could find some acceleration looked like they they kind of had a bit of a feel for it. 
Um, and on his side, it just didn't look like he trusted what's what he's feeling. Um, and that's a, a horrible place to be for a racer. So it's just a case of kind of keep hanging in there. Yeah. You know, keep getting as many points as you can each race. But at some point, they've got to, got to find some ice somewhere. And then uh, when that race comes, don't hold back and just go full on them. Hell for leather. Let's hope that Mary Bell for World Champs is going to be, yeah, a little bit more like winter in terms of the snow conditions. On to the women over in St. Anton. Um, some good racing from a few of the women, not so much from the whole field. They looked like quite a lot of mistakes going on. Frederica Brianoni skied well. She took the win on the first day by half a second in front of Halen. Uh, Lara Gutbarami in third, 0.66 off. Tessa Worley very nearly got on the podium, but Ben, this time he didn't pick her, so it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Uh, and then the second day, Gutbarami took the win. Brianoni took second and Messino took third. Um, should, we, should we just light a fire up underneath Marcel and, and, and sit back? and, and yeah, <laughs> Right, come on then, Marcel. Give us it. I think it was a real shame that they could only do the not even the full distance on the first on the first day because a minute super G is not is not quite what it's supposed to be. No, I mean, I mean, the top, ten, like, the top 10 in the slalom skied longer in Wengen than the women did. <laughs> I mean, I never you know, I don't want to I don't I think everyone who is who is holding ski races and who prepares slopes and like all the people around it is like such a big operation. And they're all doing the best they can. But I don't think all of the girls did the best they can, to be honest. It just didn't look very good. I'm really enjoying watching you tiptoe around what you're, what you're trying to I'm really, say. No, I'm really sorry. I thought that was the worst race of the season. I think Lara Good and Brignone, they skied well. And they were like, you know, properly being on their edges <laughs> and some some of them were just not i'm really sorry I, it's it was a tough race and i, I it know, is I a tough it. hill it's a tough yeah, hill. It. It's, it's a cool tough. hill the snow conditions but, weren't I mean, great but a lot of some a lot of, of some of the mistakes i mean they just you know they're making them over and over again and this is frustrating i think i don't know if i i mean i was just, i made my same mistakes over and over again and i don't i really don't want to like you know badmouth anyone but i just didn't look good and i don't know why but it just didn't. And I think we had the I think we had the same issue last year. Um, <laughs> with, with no with St. Anton. There's something about this super G where it gives you so much speed. Yeah, it's, it's they're a not quick they're not tough, yeah, it's it's a weird and I, and I don't I don't know if it's similar to one of the other places, I can't remember where it was that I get mad about. Um the sin the in Switzerland where there's no kind of trees. To kind of gauge any of, of, of where the roles and bits and pieces are. Yeah, Sam Marit said that's right. Um, I don't know whether it's a similar kind of thing to that, but it seems like the hill gives you a lot of speed and the racers then don't quite know what to do with it. They kind of take the speed when it's given to them. But then when the tourney section comes in, like the bit where they go off one of the jumps, that ice, ice fall or, or whatever the jump is, and people just could, they could not get the line right. I mean, there's, 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 there's times when you, you know you you go outside the blue lines and that's absolutely fine because you're carrying the speed but when it's over a jump generally you know from inspection what you're aiming at when you go off the 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 role where you need to be in your turn and what direction you need and we talked about in the last couple of ones already what happens when there are lines in the snow pointing off to the side but 
you know, they've like you said before, they're all watching those monitors at the top. They're seeing all of their peers making the same mistake. And, and nobody seems to... And heard it from coaches all the way down. So it's not like the information wouldn't be there, but they're just not able... It's, to... it's, it's so strange that what that the line in that jump... I know there's a couple other sections in that course where the line just... People either could do it or they couldn't, but it seems so strange seeing, like, some of the best racers in the world just look confused as to why they were the wrong side of a gate. And it's, yeah, I, I kind of share in, in, in Marcel's frustration in terms of what, what's what gone wrong? What is it about this hill that's either putting people off that they're not committing to it? And I, I think that's the a... person that probably stood out the most to, to me, and it's not really picking on the Austrians, it's just someone I normally expect to go all or nothing. And that's uh, Nina Ortlieb. And she just looked... Oh dear, she did not have a good time. She just looked nothing like her normal self. And again, I know she's coming back from injury and she, she's had a lot of crashes and that probably plays a lot into it. But normally when she starts, you're like, you know that she is going to be kind of zoned in on what she needs to do and she just looked like she never knew when to start her turns and it's yeah. that's probably the one that stood out most to me just because I've you know she's got that podium potential in her and you're used to seeing her attack and, and go after those speed events I just I just think a lot of them looked scared at the bottom part like they are they were I think genuinely scared and I don't know why because they're all great skiers you know they you'd never this is one of the races where you see them drift way more than they usually do. And I don't know why exactly, but there's one gate which I would not understand as a coach if someone would go out of that gate. And that was, you know, before you go into the ice file, there was like one gate over a roller and multiple people went out there and again and again and again. And that is something that should not be happening at all because that's not difficult there. Mm. You just have to somewhat get the line and people went out over and over again. And I, that's, if I would be a coach, I would not be impressed with that. The rest, you know, at the bottom, okay, if you're a bit scared and everything, fine. Like, the, you can work on that, but that's just a simple error up there. See, yeah, seeing six or seven, it might have been in the top 30 both days as as uh, DNFs is is quite bad for a Super G. I mean, it, how that, many people will regularly in, skiing out? That's going to play minds, though, isn't it? That's yeah. Gonna, you know, on if the best in the race, the most experienced in the race, uh, that many of them are failing to finish, then the the guys at the back are going to have no... You know, they're going to be going into it a bit apprehensive anyway, because it's St Anton. Um, and then they're going to see all of that. And then they're going to be getting berated by, you know operated that's probably not the right word but they're being forcefully told about errors that other people are making on the course and don't do that there make sure you're doing this here and then i don't know some like it's it's not an excuse because these because i think that these women are obviously you know the best at their business they're good skiers that can that should be able to do this on the right day but just they've seemed to let let the sort of day affect themselves the snow conditions the, the snow conditions were tough the weather conditions were tough the light wasn't great um but yeah, it wasn't a great spectacle, which is a real shame because St. Anton, that hill, that place is is awesome. And I think it sort of deserved a bit better showing, if that's not too harsh. But on, on a positive side, note, I think Good and Brignone, they were they were really well. Like the first the first day, Brignone at the bottom. Oh, next level. So good. And you know what? She was the only one who arced those turns, and it, she was like a second quicker than anyone else. 
I mean, that was that was amazing skiing. So well done to her. And also Lara Good on the second day. But you see, like you are kidding. It's for, like, you know, the, the thing is with being scared when you ski. And I don't want to, you know, put someone like something in anyone's mouth. But I think they were scared. They looked scared. But the problem is attack is the best defense in skiing, right? So if you if you go back and you start drifting and you feel way more of like all the bumps and ruts and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's easier like, said than done, but you're, you're 100% right. No, but like, I, I know it's easier said than done. I mean, I've never done it properly either. So, I'm, you know, I don't want to judge, but, but I do, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> don't want to judge, but judgment passed. No, it's like, <laughs> no, but seriously, no, 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 I, Sorry. I think no, it's, it's like, it's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but I think you could see if you are aggressive and you, you know, you keep your, your posture, you have your hips in, you arc, it's so much, it makes it so much easier. And you see that with the men as well, like someone the downhill, like I think Paris is a good example in this case, like he was not arcing some of the turns and he was really struggling doing it. Um, and then you see Kilde who has like, who's always arcing, who's always have pressure on his ski, on the outside. It deals ski. with the bumps so much better. That doesn't exactly. It. And you ski over as if nothing happened. Yeah. And that, that were always my best races as well when you just, you know, arc and it looks like very effortless and yeah. when you don't it doesn't and somebody that's... that tried to finish their season early again Sophia Goggia <laughs> taking another taking another tumble um just I, I I mean what would it be like to be Sophia Goggia's coach I mean what would it what, I mean that poor, oh, terrified it's that terrifying poor Every coach, she does. that poor coach must look like they are 90 years old <laughs> <laughs> her mom i don't know if she i don't know if her parents you know watch it or you know whatever but um they must be terrified as well or anyone who is any what related to sophia Godja, they must be like praying for the day that she's going to retire <laughs> uh yeah so she tumbled the first day didn't start the second day um went and got her knee scanned but thankfully the scans have come back to say that um that uh, no no damage other than you know no no sort of structural damage to the knee um, just found bits of net from five different World Cup venues in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot, a hell of a lot of scar tissue, no doubt, but nothing recent, thankfully. Not an extra. I think one. it was a good idea not to do the second run at the second downhill, at the second super G. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she only know as we said multiple times. She she does go hell for leather, and sometimes, um, yeah, doesn't doesn't you know she does have full commitment. And it doesn't work out for her. So. She, she did look. She did look very unsettled already before she crashed. Yeah. And the the, the I'm not that it's a good, a good thing that she crashed, but the the good thing that she's not dominating in the super G's is it does leave that kind of wide open. Brignoni, Guprami, Catoni, and um, Movinkel could could have quite a good battle in these last kind of five super G's if we actually get them all in, um, because they're all they're all really not too far apart. as that kind of. 40, 50 points between all of them. Um, so it's going to be, you know, it's, it, it's, it's frustrating when, you know, Schiffrin can win these races and she's not there, but it, that does then give us something else to kind of look at and, and consider in terms of who else could, could pick up these globes and, and how close they are. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> just before, have you got anything to add before we move on, gents? No. No. Uh, the Predictions League has been uh, rolling along. Jason Shorter leads the way by two points in front of uh, Ambrose Pivak. Uh, Ian Finley joint third with Rob Greatbatch. Um, 
unfortunately, guys, we still have to <laughs> scroll quite a long way down to find us. I'm still leading the way in 45th uh, position, 74 points. Uh, ben, not too far behind, 51 points, and Marcel, uh, 51, 51st position, and Marcel, 53rd position. So um, you'll, be, you'll be glad to know that we are doing as equally rubbish as each other. I was going to say, I did not have a good weekend. Uh, I just I just want to make you a T-shirt. That's all I care about. <laughs> um, but everybody else is seemingly doing quite well. Uh, and we are... Uh, do you think, do you think, who do I speak to about copyrights, actually, having having to think about it? Having to think That's about That's for what? you to worry about on your own time, Marcel. It's not a podcasting <laughs> issue. <laughs> Maybe anyone on the podcast has any idea about copyright, so I can, you know, use their faces on your T-shirt. Just <laughs> if you have any tips. Let me know. I mean, if it's a gift, you probably don't have to do anything with it. It's more if you're trying to make a profit and sell it as merch, like you were talking about last week. If it's just for Ed, <laughs> you'd probably be fine. <laughs> Uh, yes, Ben's spoken. So if you get in trouble, you can just tell. Copyright me. lawyer Ben. Yeah. <laughs> ben, ben from the Ski Racing Podcast said it was okay. Um, okay, on to the what we are going to be expecting over the next wee while. It is a very, very, very busy uh, next ten days or so. Um, so we are going to just do the calls, the picks for this coming weekend, which is the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Kitzbühel double downhill and the slalom the women are over in cortina for double downhill and super g uh and then we will be doing a pod on sunday night and you'll have to get all your picks in um for the next set which is uh, schladming and Krumplatz tuesday wednesday so yeah it's going to be very busy but we're going to just uh, keep you'll have to keep your eyes on social media um to find out uh and to get your picks in so yeah it's going to come at you thick and fast um on the races coming up this weekend, we're hoping for good weather, obviously, but it's looking like a lot of snows coming down. But Kitzbühel are exceptional in uh, their uh, their work. As our Cortina, that place is always groomed to perfection. So, looking forward to some good races. Hopefully, um, what are you guys looking forward to this weekend, Ben? Just hoping that the weather's good enough that they actually get a training run in so they can run the downhills. Otherwise, we might end up with another two Super Gs that we did this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, to be honest with you, just hoping and praying for some clear skies so we can get a full-on Kitzbühel because when it's when the sun's out, that piece is brilliant to watch racing on. Uh, and, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to watch that. Failing that, um, another really fun slalom. That'll do me. Marcel? Yeah, I mean... The- that's one of the highlights of the season, isn't it? Now, with Kitzbühel and Schlabman coming up as an Austrian, that's when my heart grows. Nice. Okay. Well, on that note then, Marcel, with your growing heart, what are we going to go for with uh, Kitzbühel downhill, please? <clears throat> Kilda. Ben? Uh, are we picking uh, not the same people now? Yeah, just... yeah. Back to, we, back to yeah. normal. No, no, no. Just go for it. Go. Go, go, go. We're, cha- we're changing rules. I don't. I don't like doing it this way. Can we do it the normal way? No. <laughs> I, just, I don't want to pick the same as Marcel, but I know it's the best person to pick. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go Creekmire. Uh, all right. I'm gonna pick somebody else as well. Then, if that's what we're gonna do, I'm gonna go Hemmetsberger race one. Oh, that's a good. He was very good last year, third. Yeah, and he was going really well in Bormio, wasn't he? And then he he did uh, mess it up, but. 
yeah, he, is, no. he has a very good technique. That could be a good, good fit for Kidsville, actually. Uh, Marcel? Again, race, perfect. Race two? Um, I go for it. I think Audemars is going to win now, actually. Even though I wish for Foyswood. No, Audemars. Ben? I'll go Kilda on the, the second one, then. Unstoppable. Um, I feel like it's, it is very silly not to do at least one Kilda. You can have him in the slalom. <laughs> He's been learning off Schiffer, apparently, <laughs> according to some bit of info that I read the other day. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Kilda as well, but I do want to have a slight nod at... Uh, I'd love to see like a Claret or a Foyts, one of the old boys that have got this place dialed in, coming in there and smashing it. But you can't pick and choose, mate. You could either or. Yeah, I know. That's why I've, that's why I've gone for the picks. But I just want to. I just want to be able to be smug enough that if they do really well, that next when we come on on Sunday night, that I, I sort of gave them a nod. I, well, I nearly got that with Foyts this week. When he's, he's <laughs> <laughs> so I did say just when we're going through the picks, I was like, it'd be great if he got one on the way out. Of thing. Um, okay, Ben Kitsville Slalom. I mean. Can Christophson get a hat trick? Can he get three three in a row? He did, okay. No, he didn't. He didn't win in Adelboden. Oh, was there one between the the, the two wins? Oh. But in that case, yeah, he, he can just win two in a row. That'll do, Christophson. Three wins, three wins for the Van Der Skis. Yeah, that would be amazing for them. Um, hmm. I go for. I wish I could say David Riding. That would be amazing, winning him him winning again. But I go for um, Atle McGrath. Uh, I'm gonna go Strasser. Oh, good one. He's yeah, he's on the podium a lot though, isn't he? He's, he's, whenever Dave's on the podium, Strasser's on there as well. He so, always he always reminds me so much of Felix Narod. I was a big fan of Felix Narod, and he always reminds me of him, which is nice that he can ski similar. So, you know, yeah, it's good. It's so t- I love the way it's really. T- I mean, we none of us have picked uh, apart from Ben a picked a Norwegian, so maybe we're we're the the mugs considering their strike rate, but. The uh, there's a lot of that could still win. Daniel Yule's obviously on fire. Clement Owell surely he's got to come back at some point with some good skiing. Um, so we'll see. I That's mean, you've got the Austrians as well. Schwartz and Feller and Stroltz might bring that um, bring Maybe that form from makes, last year back. Gruber makes a comeback as well. All right, okay. On to the women. Cortina, please. Um, ben. Uh, do we know the status of Goggio? Is she going to race? Well, her knee is okay, and it's and they said that she was going to concentrate on um, Cortina, but that's as much as has been said. And Gubarami, despite her speed, has not been great at downhill so far this year. So that's a bit of a bit of a tough one. I'll go Goggio for the first one, and no, my luck, she won't race. Uh, Marcel, I go for Ilka Stuic. After her trip into the nets, sure. Yeah, right? She's not racing the second race, but I think she will be fine. But if she doesn't race, I get a a sub pick. Is that right? Is it? I decided that myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Following Sophia Godges' crash, her knee was checked in Milan Hospital uh, and decided to take no part. But it should be okay for Cortina. Um, is Schiffrin racing? I mean, who knows? No one, nobody ever knows what Schifrin's up to. 
we need some insider in her team so we can we can know if she does. Yeah. Well, when you ring up and ask about using her photo for the t-shirt, see if she's going to be racing <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> uh, okay, so Bryn, only uh, you got another another downhill, Marcel. I go for Gotcha on the second downhill. I think she needs needs one downhill to dial herself in. Ben, <laughs> I'm going to say Suter for the second one. She needs to pull herself pull herself together, doesn't she? Um, and yeah, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Super G, Ben. Uh, I want to pick an Italian. I'm gonna get Brignone. Marcel, I go for Cooperami, uh, and I'm gonna go for Brignone again as well. Anything to add, gents? Please be good weather. Okay, good. Marcel, just yes? Yes. Brilliant. All right. Thanks, boys, for your company until uh, Sunday. See you then. Bye for now.